Hello, hello. And that's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. Welcome to another episode of Marks with Mikes, episode number seven. That's right. We are back at back by popular demand. Uh, where are my manners? I am gonna start off here. I am one of your hosts. Uh this evening, JT is here in the building, along with uh my two uh, co-host here we do have to my left mr dre bars introduce yourself yes i am the perfect 10 how you doing dre bars in the building ready to get another podcast started i am totally all right. out all right go and as always we do have mr ryan mack say what's up to the people Oh, my brothers, I'm feeling wonderful this evening. And before we get started up, I just want to throw a quick shout out to Y2J, the one and only Chris Jericho this week for uh, retweeting our account uh, earlier this week. I was just on Facebook and, uh, you know, I barely ever go on Facebook anymore, but the Internet is smart now. I like wrestling. So they had (laughs) this gallery of uh, I think they said like rookie pictures of big WWE stars of today or whatever. And I found <laughs> number seven, I believe, was Chris Jericho and Lance Storm in these outfits that <laughs> words can't even describe, but somebody described them as the young bucks in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And I think that was kind of accurate, actually. But um, <laughs> also Chris Jericho, <laughs> Lance Storm looked like Lance Storm. He was just wearing the ridiculous outfit. But um, Chris Jericho's hair, and I believe he was actually wearing like full makeup, like uh, Motley Crue or something of that era <laughs> would have been doing. And uh, I didn't even at, I mean, I did at him rather, but it wasn't directly at him. I just tagged his, his name and Lance Storm's name. And uh, maybe half an hour later, I was actually at work and the phone started blowing up and I'm seeing likes and retweets and all this stuff. And uh, I was like, that's not just from me putting that out there. And I see Chris Jericho had retweeted it and he has about three and a half million followers. And uh, (laughs) I did send him a tweet thanking him just for uh, doing that for us as uh, such a young podcast as we are. It's tremendous exposure for us. And it it is freaking awesome and we're all big marks for him that's another yes we are Um, and it was just awesome so yeah uh thanks a lot chris and that was a big moment for us and last but not least we do have our special guest here all the way from fight talk radio uh we do have mr stiff sorry steven jason (laughs) i am tongue clapping sorry about that guys yeah, can you hear me all right? Oh, we hear you just Okay, fine, good. Man. Yeah, yeah, appreciate you having me on, on the show, man. Well, I, my name is spelled, <clears throat> excuse me, S-T-E-P-H-E-N. So, uh, no worries, man. Uh, Steven Jensen here for the Fight Talk Podcast. Appreciate you guys having me on the show. Uh, this should be fun. Oh, this is going to be fun. As you can see, we don't hold back any punches. But uh, <laughs> l- let's, let's go ahead and just uh, definitely just l- let everybody know how did this actually uh, come about? So uh, I'm in New Orleans, and um, I'm in New Orleans, and I bought all these tickets for the, uh, the of course, the WrestleMania week experience. And, of course, I was not able uh, to have someone come with me, so I tried to uh, get rid of the tickets. So I have my tickets there, and they're, they're online, and my ticket uh, – my ticket does sell, but I forget to actually upload the ticket. So the ticket uh, goes back on my account. I'm like, oh, holy shit! So uh, you know, man, I'm gonna be out of I'm gonna be out of a ticket here. So I go ahead, I, I resubmit this, the sale online, and lo and behold, the gentleman who's joining us today on the podcast, Mister uh, Stephen Jensen, actually bought this ticket right next to each other. And we are here today on the podcast just from a simple exchange of a ticket on StubHub. 
and uh, great conversation. So we're definitely glad to have you, man. Uh, so let's let's just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, about your show, and we'll go ahead and get into the normal things. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, that was crazy. So I was in New Orleans for WrestleMania weekend. I had some crazy stuff happen where there was three of us uh, for this trip. One of one of my buddies lives in New Orleans, and he works out of the Smoothie King Center. He's a broadcaster for the New Orleans Pelicans. So, um, so I was in actually the, the studio, and I didn't have tickets for all the shows yet. Like, I was kind of buying NXT tickets day of. I had my WrestleMania ticket, and to make a long story short, uh, one of the three of like our group wound up bailing like a week before the trip. So my plans kind of changed a little bit where I like, I made some moves. Like I sold some tickets, bought some tickets, like rearranged some plans and essentially wound up buying that raw ticket like a couple hours before the show. But I was already in the smoothie King center. Like I was in the broadcast room, but I just didn't have a ticket for the show. So that just wound up being a crazy, uh, crazy coincidence that the dude who I bought a seat from had just started a wrestling podcast. I've been doing mine for, uh, around two years or so now, um, which is kind of uh, had me been able to branch out to some other things too. So I guess a little bit about myself. Like I currently, what I do is uh, I do my podcast, fight talk podcast. It's available everywhere. You know, iTunes, Google play, Podomatic, Podbean, all that, all that good stuff. Um, But I got on with a YouTube channel called MMA on point that started about eight months ago that YouTube channel hit 100,000 subscribers like three days ago. It, it just blew up. Um, and I write their news stories for MMA on um, I write uh, wrestling articles for daily Uh So basically my podcast uh, helped me get my name out there to where I was able to start writing and get involved kind of all over the place. Cause my, my main two passions are, are pro wrestling and mixed martial arts. So, I wanted to see if I could find a way to, you know, make a career out of, it, you know, being a fan of these things and uh, kind of step by step, it's it's kind of happening. So that's a little bit about myself. Well, man, hey, we are definitely glad that the universe allowed this to happen, because I, I, I will tell you one thing, people, it doesn't hurt to have a conversation, even though I had a voice for the remainder of time I was inside New Orleans. A little bit of voice I did have allowed this moment to happen. So we're going to go ahead and get off into the kick of things. Of course, we're going to start off with the first thing we always review, Monday Night Raw. And uh, Monday Night Raw, of course, this is, uh, what, week number two after the shakeup, guys? So um, let's go ahead and just review this show really, really quick. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start off with – Let's start off with Steven since, since you're the guest, and then Dre will follow up with your your uh, your opinion on the show, of course, and then we'll go ahead and get to Mr. Ryan Mack. So go ahead, Steven. Give us a, give us your review of that show. Oh, just a straight up review of Raw. I'm not. To, I'm yeah, not straight up review. All right, let me see what we got here. I will say the most. Uh, I don't want to go like match by match because I want everyone to be able to you know get their opinions in, but I will <laughs> say. The most surprising thing to me about Monday Night Raw is kind of where they're at with Braun Strowman. Because, mm-hmm. you know, coming off of that Greatest Royal Rumble victory, you know, they they played it up like this was this huge deal. And I kind of expected Raw to be centered around him and kind of what they're going to do next with him, something big. And it looks like it's really just leading to a tag team match with him and Lashley taking on Owens and Zayn at Backlash. So, like, I, I just didn't... I expected a lot more from Strowman. I will say, though, uh, what I liked most about Raw this past week was uh, Rollins and Balor. Um, mm. You know, the, just the stuff that they're doing, the matches that those guys are having. Uh, as far as just, like, Raw in general, like, as an overall brand since the shakeup, I really have enjoyed the, uh, the Balor and Rollins stuff, and I hope that that continues. Um, I hope that they turn Balor heel as well. I think that that would uh, do uh, a lot of good things for him. Uh, but you know, there's, there's so much with a three hour show. I mean, I could talk about a lot of stuff. I mean, I think the moment of, uh, moment of bliss segments are, are genius. I think Alexa bliss is doing, <laughs> you know, I think she's doing the best, the best promo work in, in the whole women's division of, of any company. Mm. Uh, you know, JT, I know you're a big fan of Nia Jax. I'm interested to know kind of what you think about, yes. about that feud going forward. Um, but I don't want to take up all, all the time here. Let me guys know what, uh, let me know what you guys think about this show. 
Go nuts, man. Uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, go, yeah, go, yeah. go in. All right. Well, I got I to gotta see what else, what else, uh, else happened here. Give me just a second. Because I know, I mean, once again, just such a long – like the Elias and Bobby Roode stuff, um, I don't know what to really think about that at this point. I, I'm going to get into that once you get done. Okay. Uh, I'll let you take it over on that. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that. I will say <laughs> the Authors yeah. of Pain – uh, I like what they're doing with them so far, although I'm not a fan of them breaking them off of uh, Paul Elring. I thought that that was a really good uh, match with uh, with him managing them, but I've also heard that he didn't want to do the full-time schedule, so he may be just going back to NXT. Um, okay, real quick about that. I was actually going to mention that when we brought up the Authors of Pain. Like That was my theory, is that Paul Elring is, I don't know how old, I'm assuming he's in like his mid-60s. I bet you doesn't want to do all that traveling he probably lives in like the tampa area so it was easy enough to be at nxt you know whenever they film there but um so that kind of confirms that i guess right right i mean and i don't know 100 percent for sure if that's the case but just from what i kind of heard and kind of my assumptions you know i don't know if he i think he's like originally from like the minnesota area but he could very well live in uh, in orlando or maybe you know since they they tape nxt shows like four episodes at a time, they probably, you know what I mean? To have them fly in to do a whole bunch of tapings and over the span of a couple of days mm-hmm. is no big deal. Right. I, I would say though, also, you know, I wrote an article for daily DDT. I'll just quick cheap plug that, um, that if L ring is going to stay in NXT, I'd like to see him manage the war Raiders. I think that that'd be pretty interesting. I think it would. Too. Um, totally agree. I definitely that. want to talk about the war Raiders, uh, later when we get into NXT. I like <laughs> Um, a couple more thoughts, you know, I think Noe Jose, uh, is a fish, uh, fish in a barrel right now. Like oh, oh, it, he's, right, uh, right. he's going to last about three months to six months tops before you they future him, endeavor her. Him, him alone. That's a long I'm giving, one. well, cause I'm you know, two months, <laughs> two months. Well, it's cause my, my thing, man, is like, I don't think they'll give up just yet. They'll like, they'll do that thing where they'll like, he'll get some wins over some guys kind of like for a few weeks and then. Before we know it, you know, I and also Baron Corbin, like I'm not even a huge fan of Baron Corbin's, but I feel bad for anyone who is because you you assume him moving over to Raw is going to be like the start of a big push. And it looks like he's in a Me. feud with No Way Jose. Me, I know. Are there any <laughs> huge Baron Corbin fans, though? Honestly, I'm they're, like they're he, out there. They're out I there. Like when he made the move to Raw. Remember now what we talked about in the last podcast. I said I like the move to Raw, but uh, right now I'm getting kind of disappointed. Well, they're trying to make him like a mid card heel, basically. Well, but, uh, I, you know, and, and 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 what we was talking about last week is the fact of you got to understand with Brock Lesnar being champion and only working every six years with the Universal <laughs> Title, it's like you got everybody on there who's a glorified mid carder because you may get challenges and for the title when he comes back in six months, but then when that's over with, you put Roman in a feud with who, you know? So it's just like, it's like, there's, it's like a ceiling, so you're going to treat the IC title as the main belt, you know, so it, it, it kind of bothers me with that, you, you know, with that, with that whole situation with Brock being a champion and only working a part-time schedule, it kind of hinders the talent that's there. Yeah, you know, so. they kind of have to, unfortunately, oh, yeah. with Brock not being there. You know, he's there maybe once a month. So, I mean, the only belt they have to feature is the, the Intercontinental. So, they have yeah, to yeah, but you have so many top right dogs there. It's like you got to have it's like you got to have everybody fight for that title. I mean, you got some big names in here now. Yeah, you got yeah. Bobby Roode, who's who's a big name. Like, yeah, oh, I agree. So you, I mean, on the last podcast, we all talked about like we all agreed it was past time for Brock to drop the belt, whether it's to Roman or anybody else, you know, like he needs to drop it. <laughs> yeah. You need the champion on raw every week. Yes, I agree. And, yeah. I agree with everything you guys are saying. I just, I think even more importantly than Brock not being there as often as, you know, I, you know, as much time as he takes off, I think it's even more important to note that, the bigger issue is that Roman hasn't gotten over as the top baby face because True. this, this whole thing is that this, this was all built for Roman to take and he can't, yeah. they can't give it to him because it just, it just isn't working how they want it to work. So yeah. like yeah. had, had, I agree, like I said, a hundred percent with what you guys are saying about Brock Lesnar, but at the end of the day, 
like had things gone the way they wanted him to, Roman Reigns would have left WrestleMania with the Universal title. He'd be the champion right now. They'd be treating him like the new John Cena and like everything would be good going forward. But they, they can't pull that trigger because the fans are just rejecting him. To, and here's the thing, like I'm not even a Roman Reigns hater. Like I actually give him a lot of credit for what he does in the ring. I think he's <laughs> pretty bad on the microphone, but you know, he gets around he's it a little bit. Yeah. He's a little bit. He would benefit. <laughs> he would benefit immensely by having somebody like Paul Heyman with him to talk like, yeah. you know, so, something like that. But that's, I think the biggest issue is, is they have to, I feel like WWE is in a position where they need to pivot this, where, they need to recognize Roman Reigns could still be, if he's a heel, he could still maybe be the top guy. If if he's going to stay a baby face, you, you gotta, you gotta look at him like a, like a third or a fourth string guy, not the first string guy. You gotta, you gotta look at the the roster right now and say, okay, Roman Reigns isn't working, but Braun Strowman is over and he's been staying over. We got Seth Rollins who, when he's not injured is better than anybody. We have these. We have these guys like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Finn Balor and uh, fucking Adam Cole. Adam Cole is the future of the whole company if they book him right. Like they right. have, they have so much potential. And and not even just Adam Cole. I'm not. I'm talking Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era collectively. Like that 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 yeah. group of four guys has so much talent. They can do so much with those guys. And Alistair Black and Velveteen Dream. And I mean, yeah. there's so many. There's so many people that they could. Like you gotta just they gotta just swallow whatever it is, swallow their pride. Just just look at the well, situation and go. <laughs> Roman isn't that dude. Let's figure out who is because there's a lot of them sitting here. I agree with you, Stephen. But it's one person that pill who has to swallow it. Vince. One yep. Yep. Sure. Here's the question: Will he ever swallow it? No. 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 You know what's gonna take him? You know what's gonna take him swallowing it? The XFL. <laughs> maybe, right. maybe, right. maybe. That was, that was a good one. Yeah, I was gonna say the man. You know, I mean, he he's a legend in the business, but he's been out of touch for years now. So, and well, I I also think that part of it is that they did the same thing with John Cena, and they pushed through it, and eventually it did work. But yeah. but there's a big difference in talent between John Cena and Roman Reigns, in my opinion, also. I so, agree. you know, it, it, you know, when people try to compare Cena and Reigns as just like the same thing, do, doing the kind of the same uh, trajectory with their career, you, it really isn't because John Cena. Okay, here's the here's the big difference. John Cena got <laughs> over by himself with the thugonomics thing and got big. And he's a he's an athletic dude with a good look. That's you know for kids, for women, for everybody. Roman yeah. Reigns got over by being a good-looking guy who just had to hit his spots. But Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins were the ones killing it every single night and making sure he was looking good. Mm-hmm. And and when they when two of the two of them dropped off and they tried to push Roman down everyone's throats at the same time that everyone wanted Daniel Bryan in that spot. It just, they just, the perfect storm of things just have not worked out for him. And instead of just changing it, they just, they just won't let up. And that's, that's why we're in the spot we're in right now. Well, mm-hmm. I, I agree with everything you're saying about him. And it's funny because it, I was thinking about this before the show. What we were talking about last week is that uh, about needing to get the belt off of Brock Lesnar. But, and we were complaining that the guy's not there every week and whatnot. And Roman Reigns was just cutting promos to that effect of saying, I'm here every week and blah, blah, blah. And kind of like how the John Cena was cutting promos on The Rock, you know, when they right. leading up to WrestleMania. But, like, we were wanting that guy to be there, somebody there every week that we like and everything. It's just that Roman Reigns is not that guy. He has been so soundly rejected by the fans over and over again. You just can't use him in that way. You know what I mean? So. Just like you said about, you know, all the talent on the rest of the show and whatnot, they need to figure out who it is that's going to take that ball and run with it and start pushing them soon because Roman Reigns isn't working out, you know? I agree. I agree. I, I agree with you 100% with that because I'm just coming, like, I'm, I'm tired of seeing WrestleMania 31, him in the main event, 32, him in the main event, 33. <laughs> Him in the main event. It's 34. Yeah. Him in the main event. And it's going to keep going. Like, you can't. The problem with WWE now is you're, you're force feeding. Like y'all said, he's force feeding this stuff to us. You know, and nobody really cares. Like, 
they booed this man out the building last year when he beat the Undertaker. Nearly, if if it was a riot, if they could throw stuff in that ring, they would have. That's how bad it is. And this not, this isn't no no fakeness. This is real. Like you can't force feed this man. Like we we don't like him like that. Like right. people don't like him. So it's like. Like I said, he's like you said, he's a good, he's a good rain worker. He's 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 good at what he do, but as in like you can't force feed feed the man to us. Like it's just not gonna happen. Well, and they're they're trying to force feed inauthenticity. Like they're trying to force feed a guy that we know he doesn't feel that way. Like like the fans are being authentic to him, but he's not being authentic back, and it's just rubbing us the wrong way even more. Like when he goes out there. And he's in the middle of the ring, and the fans are – they're supposed to be cheering, but they're booing him out the building. Like, it's a clear – 90% are booing. The other 10% are women and kids. Right. And, and, yeah, like, and he – and he, like, if he would just grab that microphone hey, – can, can I cuss on this podcast? Does it matter? Absolutely. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, I, actually, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you actually dropped the first F-bomb. Of the show, so we're now actually TV rated uh, for <laughs> Oh my god! Um, but I'm just saying, like, obviously you can't use these exact words on WWE programming. But Roman Reigns needs to get in the ring and tell the fans to go fuck themselves, like just straight up, like, like here, look, year after year, I've done exactly what my boss is telling me to do. You guys liked me before, but you liked someone else better when Daniel Bryan had his time. Now it's no matter what I do, no matter how good I am. No matter who I beat, I take out The Undertaker, you don't care. I take out John Cena, you don't care. I list it off, name after name. You know what? Fuck you people. Just straight up, fuck all you. I'm doing this for myself. I do not care about you guys. And you know what would wind up happening? About two months later, the place would be cheering him so hard for just being real, they would actually have their top exactly. baby face. They would they'd think, be where they want to be. And that's the problem with today's WWE. It's so scripted versus... When you had the ruthless aggression and the attitude era, you can actually you can feel the organic. I'm trying to find a good word for this. I think I said one. The, the you could feel the the passion, how organic they promos was. It wasn't like here, look at this script. I am Roman Reigns. I'm going to punch you right, in the face right. right now. You know, versus the attitude era, like I'm going to come up there, put this size twelve. In your ass and stop. Well, you know. Yeah, sure. You 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 felt that. Stuff. Well, Dre, Dre, like to, to go back to our boy uh, Y2J. Uh, one of the things I did want to touch on outside of our normal topics was that Jericho just yesterday, this morning, whatever it was, popped back up in it, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and it's, yes, I uh, just saw that. Yes, he attacked uh, Naito. Naito. Yes, he did again. <laughs> yes. Um, and I was listening to his podcast and the people were talking to, or somebody was interviewing him about like, what was your experience like in new Japan? And he was like, I'll tell you what I liked about it. And he's like, it was so weird not to get notes about stuff, not to get handed a script. Like they just had you show up and say, well, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going for. And you just go for it. Because like, especially with somebody at that level where it's like, you know, you're the man you've been around for 15, 20 years at the top level, you know, you know what you're doing. So just, go out there and make us money, you know? Like, that's what they're saying, you know? Right. Versus WWE, where everything is scripted for everyone. I think it's more of, yeah, it's more of these new talent nowadays. I mean, you may have the few that can go off and do what they want, like a Jericho. Jericho can They probably tell them to hear these words you can say, but then go out here and just do what you do, you know? But it's so kid-friendly now versus back then where – I'm pretty sure Jericho was out there doing what he wanted, you know. It's same with Cena, but it's just so, it's so, you know, you cater to these kids and these these sponsors and stuff. So it's like, yeah, you said the right word. I mean, I was gonna say it's tough because they have so many yeah. sponsors and so many people, yeah, or two that don't want to see that type of product that that we right. all want to see, you know, as adults, right. you know, and people that watch the Attitude Era growing up and stuff like that, but they're going to lose a lot of money in sponsorships and just like places that they can be shown, you know, on, on. Right. Well, well, honestly, uh, in my, in my opinion, uh, what's going to end up happening with this and not to keep beating up Roman Reigns, but <laughs> fuck it. Uh, <laughs> with, uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, I think, I think what you said was actually very good. Uh, Steven about him just being real with the fans, because if we can get that, 
moment of realness, not 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 these strips that these the strips that they write him, and he reads off pretty well from time to time. But if we can get that fuck you moment and actually have him go full on hell, like you know, like I'm looking for I'm I'm looking for a Dave Chappelle when when keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I need this guy to be like, you know, fuck you guys, you know, Wu-Tang Clan, bitch, like some type of shit. <laughs> if I can get that from out of Roman Reigns, you know, if I yeah. if I can get that out of Roman Reigns on a Monday Night Raw, I'm telling you, the fans would shift so hard in his direction, it would blow everyone's mind because I cannot name not too many bad actual Roman Reigns matches. I mean, he's a good worker. He doesn't have he doesn't have a lot of bad matches, and uh, you know a, cu- a couple more things that need to change for me is definitely that move set. I'm sorry, the Superman punch and you know the spear is like you know it's almost it's almost like the three moves of Doom, mm-hmm. you know, far as uh, far as with your John Cena and your Hulk. Yeah. he needs to lose the he needs to lose the vest also. Like what tough guy wears yeah. a bulletproof vest? Like in a wrestling match, you know. I just think the whole presentation is. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird that they kept they kept the things about Roman Reigns that everyone liked about the Shield, like hoping that it would just translate over. Like, we'll just keep his music the same. His ring gear is pretty much the same. It's still the same guy from the Shield that you guys liked, but it's in reality now you hear the Shield music and everyone boos, which is just crazy because before well, it was you know what's funny though. Yeah, they used to love it, and you know what's funny about that when he first like when they first split up. I think he was still coming down to the crowd. He was for a while, for like six months. Yeah, he was. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, Well, gentlemen, um, I feel like we could talk about the tragedy of Roman Reigns all day, but I do feel like we should get back to Raw uh, and (laughs) go over that. (laughs) I totally agree with that. I'm sorry about that, guys. You know, we do go off on tangents, but back to Monday Night Raw. I'm going to give you my opinion, actually, on just a few things on Monday Night Raw. So, uh, my my opinion on Raw, it was probably like a, uh, yeah, if I had to rate it, it's almost like a B show uh, this week. Uh, so they they, they get a B minus, and uh, a lot of nice. a lot of things that I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm honest here. Uh, a lot of a lot of that has to do with, uh, of course, the, the storylines. I mean, I, I tweeted out there earlier uh, on on Twitter uh, that week. I said, hey, look, something needs to happen with this No Way Jose and Barry Cor- Corbin storyline because I'm getting bored real fast. <laughs> Honestly, uh, with with those two, uh, it's it's a damn shame because Corbin has a lot of talent for the, for a guy who transitioned from the NFL, which which is not nothing new because there's always guys inside the WWE that's transitioned from uh, professional football, but for for him to transition and actually look damn good in the ring sometimes uh i think it's a damn shame that he's in a in a feud of this nature but with the guy like no no way jose which i'm just gonna call him disco inferno slash adam rose uh 2018 hey jj i don't, like, don't want to uh, cut you off but you gotta i gotta bring up when you're talking about adam rose and no way jose did, did you hear that Booker, like Booker T on commentary, was making fun of the fact that he looked like a second-rate Adam Rose. Like he was saying it on TV. Like I did not hear. Yeah, it. Wow. yeah. Like Booker T was on commentary. Adam, like or, uh, No Way Jose is coming down the ring with the. Uh, I wanted. I almost called them the Rosebuds with the uh, with oh, Jose yeah. buds. And Booker T is literally making fun of it, going, "Hey, this is like that guy with the bus. Hey, wait, what happened to that guy? Where'd that guy wind up?" <laughs> You know, and, and like the whole time you're just thinking like he just buried the whole thing, just yeah. right there. Um, <laughs> what but... happened? The domestic feud between him and his wife in WWE would probably rather not have that brought up on air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to bring the guy up at all, and you definitely don't want to be comparing him to like a gimmick you just put on TV, hoping it's going to get over. So yeah, I, I just I did want I wanted to throw that in there, JT. I didn't mean to cut you off, man, but like I thought it was hilarious when I heard Booker oh, T no, say. No well, you know, Booker T is always going to be one of my favorites. <laughs> I mean, he says to me, from from a guy being from the South, I understand everything he says. It's you guys who who, who can't understand. So, you know, I love Booker T. Me too. You know, he speaks my language. I love him also. <laughs> it's very hard to speak the common English. 
But 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 what but what I will say uh, just on that note with uh, with those guys, I mean, like I said, I mean, Barry Corbin pretty good in the ring. Uh, no way, Jose is pretty good in the ring. Uh, pretty good inside the the ring there. But I I will say, in order to save No Way Jose, they have to bring back Adam Rose and put them together. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, because I just don't see a singles push on the main roster. I mean, let's be honest. Did he really have a singles push in that? He just Corbin, no. come on. He jobbed out to every new guy. Think about it. Are you talking about Corbin every or Jose? Every person that came up. Both? Uh, Jose. Okay. It's kind of both. Oh, well, actually both. Right. Yeah. Because Cor- I mean, Corbin yeah, was cool. like – Corbin I mean, was like a – kind of like a gatekeeper in NXT, right? Like, he was never the champion. He was never really, like, a title contender. But he would go in there and he'd, he'd beat, like, Rhino, but he would wind up losing to, like, Finn Balor when it came down to, like, something that mattered. Um, whereas, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're totally right. Like, that, that's – but I will say, though, because I feel the same way. When someone like Ho- No Way Jose comes up to the main roster, because they haven't done, like, anything in NXT, you start wondering, like, why would you push this guy – but then you got to look at people like Elias at the same time that were in the same position, but then actually wound up getting a lot better once they got onto the main roster, which is kind of – and Alexa Bliss, another example of that. Yeah, I agree. I was about to... you, you know what? Definitely agree on those two guys uh, because uh, Elias Sampson, uh, that gimmick wasn't getting over in NXT. I mean, the fans, the fans really didn't grasp it. At all when it first came over. I mean, I, I, I still remember the fans chanting "Drift away, drift yep. away." Uh, but uh, <laughs> with, with with Elias, I mean, that was a freak that a freak accident that just happened to actually get over on the main roster. And I got to tell you, Elias was one of the biggest things over inside New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you had you had people at clubs impersonating their favorite, you know, their favorite uh, stars. And we, we had a couple guys who did a live Samson that were spot on. I mean, live Samson actually showed up on Bourbon Street and played at a, uh, played at a bar. But, yeah. uh, you know, Elias was a freak accident. Uh, Alexa Bliss, that, that was another freak accident. I mean, because let's be honest, those rain skills were not all that uh, inside of NXT. And even even on SmackDown, I, I will say – uh, but but her, her personality, her you know her persona, yeah. got got her over uh, definitely. But uh, those those guys were great. I'm gonna move on to probably like one one match, one more match on Raw, and then I, I'm gonna let Ryan go ahead and drop his uh, drop his two cents on this uh, this issue of Monday Night Raw. So my other match, of course, would be Finn Balor and uh, Seth Rollins, and I have to agree with what you said earlier with the club going. You you definitely have to go ahead and just turn Valor Hill. I mean, I wish, I wish in a, in a perfect shakeup, a perfect world, our pick was for Valor and the club to move the SmackDown together. Right. That's what. That's what. Would you have kept? A, would you, you have know, kept you know, AJ there as well, or do you have moved AJ to Raw, or do you have all four of them on SmackDown? I would have kept AJ Styles. I, I, I would have kept AJ Styles right there on SmackDown and actually have a version of the club. Down there with all four That'd of them, cool. and you, you have the struggle for power storyline. Yeah, I like that. Already doing that. And I mean, you know that 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 would have been a perfect, perfect way to actually bring this WWE version of the Bullet Club together. But of course, you know, Vinny Max not letting that happen. Uh, so, like I said, those guys are going to put on stories forever inside that ring because those guys put on the show. Every single time they uh, they have a match against each other, and they've always have had great uh, great competition. So I will say with those two guys, I mean, of course, great match as usual. But I am hoping very soon that we do have that heel turn from Balor because it's it's much needed. It's much needed for his career. I mean, let's be honest, we, we haven't seen the Demon King since that whole Bray Wyatt. Sister Abigail uh, feud. Uh, I think, I, to be honest, I think the last time we seen the Demon King was AJ Styles versus AJ Styles when he had to fill in because Bray Wyatt had caught the the mom. What about yeah. the or something like that? I think that was the last time he did. He, yeah, he was. Yeah, that that was the pumpkin pumpkin uh, Balor King. That that was supposed to be the one he debuted, but of course he wanted the just traditional red. I'm paint. about to tell you uh, a story. I, I actually was looked up about that because I was kind of curious why 
he didn't out because why he didn't come out as a Demon King because I was expecting it, him to do it at WrestleMania. So I was scrolling and I found the stories basically saying why he hasn't been the Demon King in a long time. And they're basically saying that Vince wants to save it for a super rare occasion. Basically to let you know that when he becomes the Demon King, quote unquote, he's going to win, which he has won every match he's been in when he's became a Demon King. Oh, yeah. And I'm well, yeah. kind of yeah. Yeah. With that before. Vince views it as a separate character in the yeah. He's yeah. actually rated significantly higher than Finn Balor. Pretty much, yeah. So I, I pretty much, <laughs> I called went on that a long time ago because I noticed, I was like, well, we're not, we're, when he came out at WrestleMania, you know, as the the anti-pride Finn Balor, you know, I um, I was like, oh, he's not winning tonight. Like, he's not going to win. Yeah. You you just know it like you know he's not gonna win. Now, if he came out as a demon king, I was like, there go your champion right there. It's so predictable. But yeah, most of the time, if it, they just want to use it as a suit and then have him really go over, you know. Yeah. Well, de- definitely. Uh, you know, as you said. Um, and of course, the last the last thing I did want to touch on is, uh, of course, with Bobby Lashley. And as well as uh, Braun Strowman, I think that they're they they are wasting these two guys, uh, and they're they're wasting their talent. Uh, if you haven't watched Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley's match is inside uh, Impact Wrestling, as well inside Bellator. This guy is a beast. I mean, he he's never been good on the microphone. Okay, that's that that that's one thing we already know. He doesn't have that. Uh, he doesn't have that commanding presence on the microphone, but on but inside that ring, he definitely demands attention. Uh, it's, it's a damn shame that you know they're bringing him in into this tag team uh, situation. Uh, I believe they're supposed to be fighting uh, on Backlash as a tag team, Braun and uh, Lashley versus uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. But it's a waste of talent, right? Right now, if I'm if I'm writing Raw. I'm actually putting up a tournament right now to crown the next number one contender to fight Brock Lesnar at the next big pay-per-view. That's what I'm doing. I'm having a tournament, uh, uh, you know, having this going on, and I'm, I'm having these guys fight matches for for the next couple of weeks. And for me, you, you you end up with some type of disqualification or some some type of uh some type of uh, uh swerve that they throw out there and you end up with a triple th- a triple threat. Hopefully we don't get a six pack or eight pack challenge or a twelve pack of beer challenge from the WWE because we know that they like to throw a lot of people in one mm-hmm. match. But I think a triple threat match is golden for them if they can have it. Uh, well, let's have Brock, let's have Lashley, let's have Braun, or you know he, he, even a one on one match. But the thing about it is they're wasting their talent. By keeping them at this high mid card area, because well, Braun Braun's going to be over, you know, regardless. And and, and 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 to piggyback off that, JT, when you said that high mid card, that's where the ceiling is. That's where the ceiling is in Raw right now. As long as you have Brock Lesnar as your champion, that's what you're going to see. You know, Fendon champion it was there every night. Then it would be better. I think Raw would be. Would probably be the show. I mean, it's 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 advertised as the main show, but in my opinion, it isn't. But it will be the main show. But as long as he's the champion and he makes his appearances at every major pay per view, then it's always going to be them higher mid cards, like you said. And and I and, and again, they are hindering the talent of Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman by not utilizing them for that. You know put them in title matches because what we saw and also and also they are hindering Jinder Mahal as Ryan Mack would say <laughs> when you agree on that you gotta kick a man while he's down eh yeah. uh, Ryan uh, go, go go ahead and chime in on Raw and then we're, we're gonna move on to Smackdown but uh, I definitely want to hear from you on that. yeah sure I mean we, we did talk about it a lot already we all kind of got our chances and whatnot but I'll just run down my notes real quick about uh one thing we didn't talk about, I don't think uh, Titus comes down, trips again. Uh, <laughs> it's not really funny. But of course, right. we have to talk about it. You know, so bad. 
he uh, he comes down and uh, no way Jose benefits from that. He gets the roll up W over uh, uh, your boy uh, Baron Corbin. Uh, <laughs> I just I uh, wanted to touch on the Miz Taraj uh, coming out trying to reform the Four Horsemen with uh, Seth and Finn. Oh, <laughs> that, that, that was funny. Hilarious. You know, eventually it ended in the fisticuffs. Uh, they they beat up the Miz Taraj and uh, looked like they were. Just going to be best buddies, and then Finn hits the, uh, I actually don't remember what that move is called, but I wanted to call it like the, it's like a Scorpion Death 1916. Is it the 1916? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I wanted to call it like the Hacksaw Reverse DDT anyways. I like it, but um, he hits that on Seth Rollins. Uh, It kind of reminded me of when Seth Rollins came back and hit the uh, pedigree on uh, Roman Reigns when he when he was uh, coming back from injury and whatnot like the way that he did it it was all unexpected and he kind of had that smirk on his face and he hit it I thought it was a cool moment uh again to echo like I said please 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 turn heel Finn Balor uh in in whatever way you have to do it I think that's what you got to do um the authors of pain um like we talked about the uh Paul Ellering not being there anymore you know it's probably just because of the travel and whatnot um Here's the thing about them, the Super Collider. It's enough. It's like that should be their finisher, I feel like. The uh, the last totally that agree. they do after that is, okay, you know, after you get hit with the Super Collider and then you get hit with that, yeah, you're done. But um, I just think the Super Collider is way more impressive, and that should be what they do to finish the match because both guys are fucked after that, right? You know, but um, anyway, <laughs> um, just to touch on the match between Seth and Finn, um, one of the big moments of the week they they featured on their uh, YouTube channel was the um, when Rollins jumped up to the uh, top rope, much like he stole the title away from Finn Balor at the last moment of the ladder match and uh, hit the superplex and then wanted to hit another suplex, but Finn Balor turned it into the Falcon Arrow. I thought that was one of the cooler moments of the week uh, in the match. Um, and then they, they ended up making their number one moment, um, just Rollins hitting his finisher on, uh, on poor Finn Balor, uh, losing again. And I thought that was like, I just thought that was disrespectful. I was like, come on, like Finn has to turn heel. Like he's just getting jobbed out to, uh, you know, the the bigger guys left and right. And, uh, just, he got jobbed out to K. He did real fast. Yeah. He got smashed by. It K- wasn't that right after he had just beaten AJ Styles on that like, yep. short notice thing. He yeah. still hasn't recovered from it. Like that, that killed his momentum. Yeah, yeah it was terrible. He yeah. hit him with like three choke slams. And that was pretty much it. And AJ was the WWE champion at the time, was he not? Or or like he was just about to regain it. One of the two. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It was right before him and Brock wound up having that match. Yeah. So it was like right within like a couple weeks of that. Yeah. Either way, you're talking about the top guy on SmackDown basically recognized as the best best guy in the business at the moment is <laughs> beating him and uh, they could have really pushed him after that and given him huge momentum but yeah you're right i can't 46 year old uh aka the mayor of uh, knox county congratulations well he won the primary he's not the mayor yet uh of knox yeah county. he's getting there he's getting there future mayor. We are yeah, he's gonna win by the way I'm he's sure gonna win yeah uh <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Finn Balor, uh, he's he's getting disrespected. He needs to he needs to take that respect, if you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> one note I had: we didn't talk about uh, Ronda Rousey uh, this week uh, on Raw. I saw the highlights. Um, she was facing Alexa Bliss, fast as fuck around the ring. They both ran really fast. I didn't know they could run that fast, so that was kind of impressive. Because <laughs> um, I just saw Ronda start to chase her, and I was like, "Oh shit, Ronda's running really fast." And then I was like, "Alexa is keeping pace with her, you know, like in front of her." It was wow, you know, they were both quite speedy. But uh, in any event, uh, the main event, I did want to talk about the uh, reaction that Owens and Zane, of course, got from their hometown crowd. That was pretty incredible, I thought. Uh, and even with oh man, with them great. as the heels, you know, it's like it, it doesn't matter. It's their hometown, and they're just they're over like Rover brother, you know. And uh, <laughs> it was a good moment for too bad for gender. Oh, poor gender. He's Canadian, but he's not French Canadian, so they didn't give a shit about him. And uh, you know. <laughs> He was, <laughs> Did you notice when they uh, when they would when they were announcing the match all night? They were like, "It's going to be Jinder Mahal teaming with Canada's own Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn." But Ke- but Jinder is Canadian. They were just like skipping right over it. <laughs> Correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pretty funny. We don't claim gender. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, coolest moment of that match for me was uh, 
Kevin Owens kicking the fuck out of uh, Roman Reigns off of a nice spear, actually, for him. And then also Braun Strowman kicked him real hard into the corner. But, of course, Braun, the Superman Strowman, uh, or the monster monster alert, as Michael Cole likes to say, whatever, uh, <laughs> got up and hit his power slam on him for the one, two, three. And uh, that, w- that was a cool moment. And uh, as you guys talked about, you know, Braun Strowman, I-, I-, I don't get it. He's clearly been put over as the best guy. Uh, he beats everybody. He's unstoppable. He's the monster among men, as they love to call him. Why isn't he the champion? They've had opportunities to give him the belt. Uh, he's lost to Brock Lesnar in title matches. He's your solution. He's the guy that's there every week. He can be your next big star. Why do you not put the Universal Championship on him? Why, why, why? Dude, I, like, honestly, so with Strowman, because I'm with you guys, like, I I honestly think, like, from a booking perspective, I obviously they were going to go do the show in Saudi Arabia, like, either way. But I think that when they had the opportunity to do this big show between WrestleMania and Backlash, that's when they decided, okay, we're doing a Royal Rumble and we're giving, we're giving this one to Strowman to kind of, it's almost like a do-over where it's like, okay, Shinsuke won the one in January, but they probably should have done, they probably should have built up WrestleMania differently than how they did between the two of them. And the match didn't quite deliver how people expected it to. Although I love Shinsuke's heel turn. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that in a second. We are. But, um, oh, yeah. but, but the thing with Strowman is like, okay, now they're pushing him again. It's almost like, it's almost like January didn't happen. And we're building again with, you know, with Strowman. But the, my, my biggest problem with Strowman is that his one-on-one match with Brock Lesnar, I don't think was a good match. I, I think that he really was exposed as somebody who he can go in there and kill people. He can go in there and have good matches. He's entertaining. He gets a huge crowd reaction. Like if, if I had to choose one guy besides Brock to be the universal champion, like Strowman's probably my choice, but, but it's one of those situations where when I saw his one-on-one match with, with Lesnar, I was like, okay, can he, can he deliver, you know, you know, a level matches on a consistent basis against everybody. Like is, is a match between him and like Dean Ambrose when he comes back, is that going to be any good? Or is that a match going to suck? You know, like, it's like, you got to think about like Strowman is champion. Where do you go? Like, do you just have him? He just keeps power slamming people and, and pinning them within a few seconds. Does he, you know, when, when you get in, it's almost like Goldberg, right? Like when, when Goldberg was WCW champion, you know, when Goldberg was WCW champion, they didn't have anything they could do after that because it was like, he can't have 10, 15 minute, 20 minute matches consistently that are entertaining. People just want to see the, the spear, the jackhammer and that's it. But like, we have to, we have to put out more than just that. So, you know, I don't know. What are you guys thoughts on all that? Well, I definitely, definitely agree with that. Uh, he, he, he was exposed, and I definitely know the match that you're talking about. Uh, I, I believe this was their match number one, correct? Yeah, all the, yeah. All the multi-man matches have been really good when they've been involved. But I mean, I'm talking about just their one-on-one mm-hmm. for the title. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, you, you, you know what? From he, Brock Punch. He is yes. a um, – that was great. Sorry. He is a smash, a smash and bash – type of wrestler okay uh it's not always gonna be pretty i mean he's gonna smash but uh you know it's gonna be smashing and effective that's it you're not gonna have a pretty match uh has he has he progressed since then i'm gonna say yes oh yeah for sure he, he, he has progressed i mean he's progressed very well this this guy is doing drop kicks i mean Braun Braun Strowman is my height and this guy is doing drop kicks in the air okay we're we're around the same age. I'll I'll let you know right now. My big ass is not doing a drop kick, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you a lot of that has to do with yeah. a lot of that has to do with, of course, of being out of shape and not being inside the business. But even at six nine, I'm not doing a drop kick. I mean, <laughs> you had guys like Big Phil doing drop kicks in WCW, and uh, that that was pretty that was pretty big. Uh, you know, just to see a big guy get off the feet. But Braun moves like no other big guy has moved in some time inside that ring. I don't know. I, I don't know what he did after that match, but his whole entire display of offense has definitely gone up through the roof. I think uh, you know if you do put the title on him, yeah, you're definitely going to have that that glass ceiling like like you were talking about earlier, Dre, because uh, this guy. 
I mean, who takes the belt off this guy? Nobody. I mean, the only, the only person going to take that belt off him is going to be someone like, you know, Bobby Lashley or or Roman Reigns. And right now, we don't want to see Roman Reigns as champion. And it's it's kind of it's kind of hard just trying to book him. But I think that he does need to have a universal title run. But if he does have it, you know, he's going to have to take it off somebody other than Brock Lesnar. Well, or in my opinion, uh, you know, somebody that could take it off of him could be perhaps the leader of a faction with four or five guys that, that can take him out, you know, because he's too much for just one guy or even two guys, as we saw at WrestleMania when him and a 10 year old won the tag team titles. So, you know, there you go. Please, please stop bringing that up. Oh, uh, <laughs> don't ever bring that up again. That was, Shout that out was to the Nicholas. <laughs> no, no, no more. Shout-outs. Oh, no. no. Shout outs. I'm sorry. He gets no more shout outs because he ruined he ruined WrestleMania for me. He banished that land much like Skip Chef. Yes, he, he's banished. <laughs> he's banished from the land. I mean, uh, uh, honestly, it's like, you know, you, you wasted that moment at WrestleMania. Like like we said in the previous podcast, uh, that moment could have been on, on Monday Night Raw, honestly. Uh, yeah, that, that, that whole entire segment that you shot at WrestleMania where people paid money at the wazoo for their seats, you put that segment on and have them go in the crowd to go get a 10-year-old as his partner, you are, you, you are making this guy literally Big Show 2.0 when Big Show first came to the WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Because I know I took us on a dark path with up- uh, Nicholas and everything, but, um, you know, just, just to say, like, for a guy that you could use, um, for example, with a faction like that, I know he's still on SmackDown, but say you had AJ Styles as a heel with the club going against a big-time over babyface, you know, like a Hulk Hogan-style babyface Braun Strowman, and you get AJ Styles as the heel leader of the club, much like the Bullet Club from New Japan, and you have four or five guys going at Braun Strowman like a pack of rabid dogs, just picking at him left and right. All of a sudden, he's worn down to just, you know, he's barely able to stand up. AJ Styles comes over the top rope with that phenomenal forearm, and it's too much. And, of course, AJ gets the one, two, three. There you go, Vinny Mac. You can send me a check for that one. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. So, uh, moving on from Raw. Just just moving on from Raw. We're going to actually move on to SmackDown. But before we move on to SmackDown, hey, listen, Marks, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back right here with episode 7 of Marks with Mike's. Uh-huh. 